0: Welcome to the Shelf Podcast, the show about toys, why we like them, and their connection to bigger topics.
1: I'm your co-host Darby, and tonight we're going to talk about YouTubers quitting.
0: And I'm your co-host Sugu. Join us tonight and stay tuned as we make a very special announcement.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, no! begin, by way of introduction, I'm Darby Harn, a freelance writer and editor and an independent author. Publishers Weekly called my novel Ever the Hero an entertaining debut, which uses superpowers as a metaphor to delve into class politics in an alternate America. You can find more information about me and my books at DarbyHarn.com. I'm also on Twitter at Darby And
0: I'm Sugu, your co-host. I work in IT and education, and I'm also passionate about writing and story. You can find some of my travel writings on allaboutjapan.com, where I've written various articles about my life and perspectives in Japan. Well, it happened. 2024 started, and there's uh, the Formers podcast has a big announcement to make. Sorry to tell you all. Darby, are you crying yet? Yes okay so darby and i have now broken down we're we're in tears um but it's time that uh well a lot of youtubers are quitting youtube and it's time for the shellformers podcast to talk about it (laughs) so (laughs) yeah uh we are not leaving we're not going away at least as far as we know um but what's been surprising to a lot of people is that some of these uh uh youtubers who have been on for a really long time have just kind of in sequence made a a quitting video um in my world, the most famous ones were Tom Scott, uh, Matt Pat from Game Theories, uh, Game Theorists and Film Theorists, uh, Lazy Eyebrow from Transformer Reviews, um, and there was one more? Maybe just those three. And then uh, Rick Beato made a video about it, and Marcus Brownlee made a video about it. So it's like reverberating throughout the YouTube sphere that all these uh, long term YouTubers are calling it good. Um, And Marcus Brownlee made a video. He had some really interesting perspectives on it where they're not actually quitting. They're stepping back, which I think is an important distinction, which is very true. And then he made a bunch of other comments that I thought Darb would absolutely ping off of because it was very much about independent creator. Um, So yeah, we'll start there. Darby, what's going on? Why is everyone quitting YouTube?
1: Well, it seems to be... I'm less familiar with some of these guys than you are, but I was seeing all the, the crosstalk because of Rick Beato and Mary to us, Spender talks about it sometimes. Uh, she hasn't yet on this particular... Uh, uh, sort of strain here of all the exodus, but um, I yeah I uh it appears to be exhaustion is the most common thing cited sure. burnout burn burnout and which I totally get I don't get what it's like to be a high uh high level YouTuber because that is sort of um that's a stratosphere that obviously few people are in but it seems like there's a lot of people in it and it seems to be producing the same thing over and over again with some exception which is this just burnout and i was just saying before we started recording it shouldn't be surprising everybody's like shocked that these people are burnt out but if you just listen to any of them or even ones that aren't on that level and i and i and I, I watch a lot of YouTubers who are, you know, mid, big, whatever you want to call. It. I don't even know anymore. Um, but it actually doesn't matter because any level that you're at in any independent space that involves social media, certainly YouTube, which is um, f- just, fr- frankly, film TV production, involves film TV production. <laughs> and so if you're a one-person unit and you're doing the filming, editing, graphic design, music, Um, if you're doing that by yourself, which a lot of people are, um, you're making a TV episode every week. Um, There's a reason why it takes two, three years for people to make movies. There's a reason why um, you're like, well, Darby TV shows come out every week on my TV. Um, Yeah, but those are also, for network TV, they start filming months in advance and they start doing that because they build up a bank because you know what happens about six weeks into a TV season, a production cycle, shit starts breaking down. Yep. Um, with streamers, it takes about a year two years for them to make any show on streaming anymore. Streaming has turned into movie making. It's really, really hard.
0: Yeah. And so along for, those lines, mm-hmm. one thing that I was going to point out really quickly was that, um, a lot of these YouTubers are starting from zero and making their movies or making their videos within a week. Whereas the production companies, they are just writing nothing else, just writing. And then when that's done, they go to filming. Maybe they make some edits along the way, but they are just filming, right? Like there is this relay handoff method that happens with the big productions that, a single youtuber you're doing the entire thing in the span of a week
1: yeah d- film tv production in general is sequential this is less the case than it used to be um mm-hmm. but youtubers yeah are doing it on the fly um they're doing it really well um but it's so demanding it's so intensive one a common refrain you'll hear from all these people is how intensive the editing is the editing is pure nightmare fuel so i I have some experience (laughs) i have some experience with this because um i actually went to the Sugu and i were at the university of iowa i'm a writer i actually went into iowa into the film program because i wanted to and i still do but i really back then in college i thought i was going to make Movies and I wanted to write for movies and I wanted to direct and I, I've I've discovered that I I don't have um, then back then I thought well I don't have the um, the temper the temperament or the skills to do something like that I think I sold myself short but what I was right about is how ugly and intensive and all encompassing that process is so i write novels which is and i publish these novels and i do everything about that it's extremely intensive it's a much longer time scale than a youtube video Mm -hmm. where you're putting out every you'll hear them say this too you got to put them out on schedule it's got to come out every monday or whatever your day is so you're making a tv episode a week you have multiple episodes in production at the same time. Mary talks about this all the time. Sure. Um, sometimes months in advance. Um, and then on top of all of that, did all of that, and the editing is what I wanted to point out, is that the editing of anything into YouTube video, episode of TV, a movie, is a black hole that eats you alive because it requires so much work. If you're doing it by yourself, most of your, t- so if you're out filming all day, Mary, Jay Swanson, people like that, the, who I watch all the time and I really like, you're filming so much B-roll, hours of B-roll. And then you're going through and you're getting that down into 10 minutes, 25 minutes, 45, whatever the case is. And you're doing that in something like five or six days. Um, you're not doing anything else. You're not doing yeah. anything else. And then of course you're gonna be burned out. If you somehow manage to do that, it helps a lot of these people are young and they have they have the energy to do this. Um Rick Beato talked about the fact Rick I think is sixty, something like that. Sixty
0: nine, I thought he said.
1: Well, look he looks great for sixty nine and he's got great hair, which is na- I forget. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around. I there. think he's sixty. He's in his 60s. I'm not I'm not mad about his hair or anything. But the <laughs> um It requires an enormous amount of energy and obviously intent and obviously determination. I think Marquez talked about determination or dedication, something like that. Um, You've got to have it. And then there just comes a point, though, it doesn't matter how old you are, how determined you are, how lock, stock, and barrel you are. You just get burned out because on top of all this stuff, not only are you producing all this stuff, you're doing the promotion, you're doing the social media, you become a brand manager, you become a PR manager, you become... A lot. Of, you become an HR manager because as you as you graduate into higher higher levels, you do have the, the the ability then to hire things out. But I think Marquez was talking about it. That doesn't mean that your responsibilities go down. They actually go up. Yep. They actually go up because now you know as I've discovered when writing novels on a much smaller scale than these YouTubers. But it, the more you do, the more you do. It doesn't ever become less. It doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, what you like, do is you silo things out
0: yeah not to get too um behind the scenes but even you and i were talking about with the podcast uh i do the editing right now for the for our episodes it takes me about three days uh to actually do them okay that's fine um i'm happy to do it it's fine but if I wanted that time back, we would have to hire someone to do the editing for us. Okay. Average cost, at least what I looked at on, I think it was Fiverr, uh, for an editor for a podcast, would be a little over $100. Okay, so now you and I have a responsibility to, with the podcast, to make more than $100 so that we can afford an editor.
1: Which requires us to monetize, which requires us to promote. And we're not promoting the podcast nearly the, the extent that we should because we simply don't have time to do it. Right. All of my effort into work, promoting anything, is going into my books. Right. It requires all of my focus, attention, and energy. And we're not doing, the, I've known this for a while, because last year we had a really good year with the pod. Mm -hmm. So thank you everybody for listening. It could have been, it should have been so much higher, but we didn't put the work, which demands a lot of things, mostly on social media for us, which is um, every episode should be following a pattern that a lot of pods do, which is not just, hey, here's our latest pod but like here's outtakes from the pod. Here's the funniest thing from the pod. Here's the most relevant thing from the pod. Things like, you know, and you're you're doing that on a daily basis across all these platforms. They're simply for us. So a constant, you know, there's no time. There's no, that requires enormous amounts of time and energy mm-hmm. that we don't have, which then cuts into our ability to grow the pod, which cuts into our ability to, to, Outsource scale anything yeah Yeah. anything so right away you run into this these people who are successful at podcasting at youtubing and things like that they're doing all of those things and they're they're committed but for me personally i can do one thing at a time <laughs> and and so it's very you know it's very difficult to you know to and it's all you know it's frustrating because like you know um it's frustrating sometimes when you you know when you see things like, um, there'll be like a conversation going. We did an episode a couple of weeks ago uh, about Kate Crane, and an author who um, did bad mm-hmm. stuff. Check it out. Um, Kate Crane was a huge topic in publishing and author spaces, and so that episode is done well. Well, imagine if we had been able to put any kind of, you know, gas behind that episode in a typical social media promotional way, it would have done better, which would have had mm-hmm. downstream consequences to the pod and things like that. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm really complaining about it, but it's it's one of the things <laughs> that you understand about this process and this venture. And this whole sphere of creating things, content, independently, which is what we're doing. You know, we're you know we're we're doing this really just for the love of it. But then there's also a reality that creeps in, which is that you're you 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 hit a ceiling, and that's what it is. Unless you right. get really lucky and something breaks, um, and to break through that ceiling requires an enormous amount of work. And we know from these YouTubers and podcasters and and I know from independent authors, too, is that at the end of that road is is utter exhaustion.
0: Right. Sure. Yeah, and because that's the thing, right, like these these guys, uh, I'm going to reference Tom Scott because uh, his I think is the most in most emblematic, which is that he he created his brand way back when youtube was i think i want to say it was even pre-google um Mm. they started like he is one of the original folk i've been watching him for a long time um and you know he's gone through a lot of different formats the short format the long format he's been uh creating kind of to his whim whatever he feels like talking about that's what he talks about yeah um he does research on stuff and then he he shares it and he's kept that weekly schedule for 10 years like that's a lot and you know 10 years on a YouTube that sounds like a really long time but think about it in real life 10 years ago was 2014 right? How much has happened since twenty fourteen?
1: Well, it's a different world,
0: right? It's, it's a, a different completely world, completely different.
1: We also live in an age where people change careers, jobs, m- much more frequently than they used to. And so, ten years, I think, is about um, here in the states. Anyway, is you know, is about the lifespan of a career. It seems like um especially if you're going to get burnout, like like these folks are yeah. but these are early adopters these are people who helped create this form and establish this form and, and created the the environment in which people can come into it and it's lucrative and it's you can be famous um you all of these things you you know you you can uh, Marquez appears to have I I'm not I wasn't familiar with him until you um, sent me the video appears to have you know brand relationships with some major 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 brands.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So he, he's he's a big uh, a big player with in the tech space.
1: So you can get all these great benefits, and he you know as he talked about in his video, you know it 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 it's you know, he's not burnt out. You, you know, there are ways of avoiding it. And as Rick Beato talked about, you know, it's it, there, you know, you have to do what you love. So long as you love it, you're not going to get tired of it. And as so long as you do what you want, which for me, independent author is, is it, to me, that's the only rule is, is just to be yourself and to do what you want and to do what you love. It's your space. It's your time. Why would you do anything other than what you want to do? Um, some people don't do that. Um, some people want to chase trends. They want to chase the algorithm. They want to chase the dollars. That will lead to burnout, the same as anything else, because your six, your likelihood of success is low. So you'll be doing, you know. And then as Marquez, I think the most interesting thing Mar- Marquez talked about in his video is the scaling, which is that, you know, they being a creative it's like a job, especially more and more, because now you're just now, you know, there used to be this, well, you're the artist. Well, now you're the artist and the business. It doesn't matter if you're an independent mm-hmm. author, if you're a YouTuber, if you're a podcaster, whatever, you're a musician, you're a business too. But those it does, those things, a creative business doesn't scale the same as a normal business, which it has, it has more or less a natural sort of progression. The, the creative side of it in this independent space is you, you're 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 doing things at a much bigger scale than your, your output sort of exceeds your input. You're doing way more than what the, the returns seem to indicate at a much sooner.
0: Well uh, there's another there's another part to it too. Like you I I know that the industry exists, but you can't really hire someone else to write your book. Like you can, ghostwriters and pen you writer, can. right? But <laughs> yeah. what I mean is that book, even though it has your name slapped on it as the author, it's not your voice. It's someone else channeling your voice or it's someone else writing for you, right? So, well, yeah, yeah. go ahead.
1: The, well, this just for me gets into the whole AI thing in the chat GPT, which just makes my skin crawl because you got a lot of people <laughs> like, well, well, now I can just, uh, Darby, I'll just type in you know whatever write write me a book or whatever and then or actually I'll just feed in my novel to chat GPT and then chat GPT will learn me and then be able to write books for me and like it I, I really detest that whole thing but anyway
0: I mean it's never going to create your work right I do like in in a very abstract way i do like that chat gpt is another tool that serves to or that can serve to democratize art like you can set chat gpt to write write your book it's not going to be very good but at least it's a chance for you to get your voice out for the people who can't write like on their own if it gives them that extra boost fine like i said as a tool but for people who are trying to use it to as the foundation of their business and they're trying to make money off it, it won't work. You can still tell what is AI generated as opposed to human created.
1: Absolutely. And the human element is the most important part of all of this, whether you're YouTubing, you're podcasting, you're writing novels, you're a musician whatever what people respond to when they like these youtube creators is is they make a connection with the person and you know they this insight into their world and their perspective and you want to connect with that and when you diminish that because it becomes too much about it becomes artificial it becomes too slick there are some youtubers that for me are just slick to the point of like you slip right off them um and then, you know, as far as the author, as far as the writing thing goes, I think me personally, you know, um, it, that's, you're the, it's, it's you, you're like I said before, it's, it's your time, it's your effort. Why would you do anything other than what you're going to do? If you want to use your time and effort into having a program write books for you, I guess that's your prerogative, um. You know, but the, you know, for me personally, that that's that's not that's not art. But I understand where independent authors and independent creators are leaning into AI for numerous reasons. One is is because of the demands on their time, uh, monetarily, yeah, sure. financial reasons um especially independent authors you got you need a cover i see this all the time now people are using ai generated art for their covers and things like that and they're doing it because in some cases it looks good um in most cases it's inexpensive compared to actually hiring a person i have a serious problem with that as well i i I, you know it it it, um you, you you know it ai is a threat to working artists but I understand why they do it, because you're not made out of money. I get it.
0: Well, you know, another another side of this, and this is going to sound like a really weird segue, but I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, marijuana. <laughs> um, okay. I, I remember when there was a, uh, yeah, I know. I remember when there was the big talk about whether marijuana should be legal or should not be legal and, and all that. And I th- I was talking with someone, and I remember making the point that whatever happens, it's not going to be the the people who need it that are going to get it first. Marijuana, when it becomes legal, is going to get sucked up by the corporatists, by the by the millionaires, by the billionaires who can afford to take that quote risk and they will drive everyone else out of business. The small the small marijuana shops. Like, you won't be able to be a small home grower. And you're actually kind of seeing that happen. Now that marijuana is legal in many places, you do have these uh, mom-pop stores uh, sprout up, shall we say. Um, mm-hmm. And they... Are getting gobbled up by the. Now I don't want to say bigger chains, but the stores that have much bigger investors. Like
1: it's any for example, any John business. Boehner. Yeah, it's any business. It's, it's right. Any market that opens, you have people that rush into it with a lot of capital, and then they 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 suck the oxygen out of it. I think what's different in the independent space is that what separates like YouTube and podcasting from like the, you know, an independent author is I don't have any branding potential. I don't have any partnerships I can seek or, um, things like that. So like, you know, um, I can't boot the only way I can boost myself is through, sales or recognition or you know or ads or th- things like that that have to really are really particular to that field but um and so there's there's some parts of it that are similar which is that if you youtubers sort of boost each other and you know they have like interests or they have like audiences and so that happens with authors too of course and that happened before all of this social media but the money part of it, I think, is is really the biggest factor. There's so much money in being a YouTuber. I know a lot of YouTubers talk about the fact that there's not as much money as you think, um, and that I understand that part of it. I also understand that there are a lot of hidden... There's a lot of hidden money in being a YouTuber, Patreon, things like that. Um, you know, when you start talking about your team... And you start talking about things like that. You're paying for them something. They're not doing it for free. Um, you know, you, you are making money. And you're making enough money to sustain that. And also travel every week or every month to these locations where you film at. And to pay for all that hardware that you're very prominently displaying behind you. All of that stuff. You know, some of that maybe have been gifted to you by your brand partners. But some of it isn't. Um, all of that there's a lot of money in it and then you want to chase more money because it's extremely lucrative i can only imagine someone like marquez has 18 i was shocked as 18 not shocked that he would have but i was i didn't know anything about him and i looked down at the subscriber thing was like what? 18 million subscribers then that his particular video on the quitting youtube already had within 24 hours already had 3 million views
0: mm-hmm
1: so I know from Mary more or less what this works out to on in terms of what that video itself pays out, just the video. Um, at three million views, and then so, and then when you account for all the other things, he has a merch shop, in which he's got some Marquez branded hoodies. He's got his Patreon. All of the, that shit adds up. the The t-shirts and they'll tell you the YouTubers, the t-shirts and the the hoodies, the sweatshirts, where it's at. That's, that's well, that's easy just
0: money. Uh, that's what every band has gone through since like the seventies, right? Like, you yes. you make more money off off of selling the merch and the the concert tickets, like Justin the small Hawkins. venue concert tickets.
1: Do you know who Justin Hawkins is? Who, no, he's the lead singer of The Darkness, um, and he's got a great YouTube channel, and he has said for a while. Um, that really most musicians today are are really t-shirt manufacturers because mm-hmm. about 75% of their income comes from the merch, which for them is t-shirts. Right. And I've known this. This is true almost in every, which is one reason why you see a lot of Kickstarters for books that have t-shirts. But comic book shops, a lot of them sell t-shirts. You're like, okay, that kind of makes sense. You know, you get an X-Men shirt or Spider-Man shirt. They actually make way more money on the t-shirts. Sure. than they do anything else. And then I know, I know personally that they can sell 10 t-shirts in a month and they can, that that's for them as a month.
0: I, I have else. a friend who has a, or who had a relatively successful side hustle of putting sayings on t-shirts and selling it via Amazon.
1: Yeah, there there are people at the shows. I've seen it. That do that do clothing, that do shirts and shoes and things like that. Um, that I get it because it's 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 lucrative. Um, doing it in a Kickstarter, there's reasons you don't do it in a Kickstarter because there's this thing called shipping, which it's it's <laughs> one thing to ship this. It's another thing to ship the T-shirt with it or separately. And one thing authors never think about because we're not wired to think this way is that these are two different things. Um, A
0: book and a t-shirt
1: a book and a t-shirt and it's then you're like you know you did all this research into how much does it cost to like ship a book and they're like oh i'd (laughs) ship a t-shirt too. wait well no why am i spending so much more money so
0: yeah why um so on on a very quick tangent why would it be because a t-shirt weighs nothing so why would it like drastically increase the, the price of shipping
1: package size dimensions all this other stuff you you've you've made a kickstarter this happens with other th- other like things too like mu- coffee mugs and everything like that but you've you've done all this work to understand the shipping of a book which is relatively straightforward what you didn't do was factor in how the dynamics of adding anything else into it a t-shirt a coffee mug changes the dimensions the weight the things like that and then very often what you did, hypothetical, I'm not calling anybody out, very often what you did was you figured out how to to send this media mail. Okay. Right? Which is very specific in the United States, media mail. Yeah. Um, you cannot ship anything media mail that isn't media. They will actually open your package at the post office and inspect it if you fuck with them. Um, so when you take your... I imagine this is what happens when you go to the post office and you have like fifty packages that are like puffy because you stuffed a t shirt in there and you're like, I am gonna ship it media mail and and your and man, man behind the counter's like, deal. No, you're not
0: <laughs> Okay, I gotcha. So a lot of that price increases then misclassification. Yes. Okay, all right. I, I got it. Cause in Japan they have that same they used to have something similar, uh i forget what it's called now but yeah cds books you could send that significantly cheaper but once you add something else into it yeah okay fair enough yep
1: so all of that stuff whatever my point before that was i forget but like um there's you know but the merch is where it's at and and um and so you become a lot of things. You, you, you become a content creator, which that never changes. Actually, for these top-line YouTubers who really get in the algorithm, the algorithm demands more, and you don't want to lose your audience, so you're producing more. There are some people that do like a daily thing, which mm-hmm. maybe they can afford to do it. Maybe they have a crack team that's overnight. Um, you, you're, you're a merchandising company like i said your pr your hr you're all of these things and of course it's burnout not shocked at all that, that we there's a lot of people on mass who are doing this right now that are quitting because i think social media the whole thing the production cycle the engagement cycle is burning everyone out um you add in all the layers of things like twitter the crumbling of twitter into utter disarray has burnt people out um Facebook and Instagram, they're algorithmically are not behaving as they used to, which is really turning people off. I know from personal experience and also anecdotally from other people, Um, Facebook isn't Facebook anymore. It's just about, you know, showing me ads for I don't know why I see any of this stuff. It's not, you know, it's not it's not for me. Um, So I don't know why Facebook Facebook is has your data and everything that these companies say is a is geared towards exploiting your data to get more money and engagement out of you by giving you things you want that has never happened
0: mm-hmm.
1: that has never happened i never get anything i want when i log if i did <laughs> i'd spend time on facebook it just doesn't happen same thing with instagram instagram is trash it does it doesn't give me any I'm probably, you know, I may not be the ideal Instagram user, but I'm someone who should be using Instagram a lot. I love art. I love photography, those kinds of things. So like, and Instagram is kind of made for that. So I should be going on there and I should be bombarded with like, here's a lot of comic book stuff. Here's a lot of uh, like travel photography. Here's a lot of beautiful women. I should just be spending a lot of time on Instagram. I don't because it's just nothing. It's just it's just stuff. It's here's this person who I think is like, I don't know what they're doing actually. I don't know what any of this is. And I've certainly not for me. So like I don't understand it. A lot of people have commented on that and, and commented on the fact that the engagement is down. There was a Forbes article a couple of weeks ago about the fact that the traffic and the engagement is down and, and Instagram's basic thing. is like well well people are you know, people are doing it wrong. No. You're 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 doing it wrong. You're, you're, whatever you guys are doing behind the scenes is you're turning people off.
0: Well, and yeah, I think they're just burnt out. Let's switch gears and, and instead of talking yeah. about the creators, let's talk about the companies that do that. Like you mentioned Instagram. I'll tell you, I'll tell the audience what we, you and I talked about beforehand. Uh, my experience with YouTube specifically starting in 2024, like really kicked up this month, but I can't find any videos anymore that I'm actually interested in. I'm getting recommended, like, a lot more alt-right nonsense. I'm getting recommended a lot more, like, random crap that has no connection to me whatsoever. I've been on YouTube, like, from way, from before Google. So they know what I'm likely to watch, theoretically. But I'm still getting recommended stuff that has nothing to do with me. Um, searches are not feasible anymore. Like there's no point in searching for anything because the, the, the top three to five results are what I'm looking for, but the rest are just stuff that they're recommending. And they say stuff that we think you'll like, but what I, I think is really happening is stuff that gets engagement. Now they're advertising to me. like, There's something weird going on with that algorithm as well. But then another thing that's happening on the tech side, and I don't know if you've been paying much attention to this part, but if you use an ad blocker on Chrome, Google has been messing around with the source code of Chrome such that your videos are loading weird, improperly, crashing, or taking longer because it's dealing with this ad blocker so you google alphabet is actively trying to dissuade you from using your ad blocker on youtube which puts more ads in front of your eyes like for me that is a hard line of no thanks if you're going to if you're going to restrict my movement on the internet because of ads, that you want to put more ads in front of my face, I'm not going to that website. So I'm interacting with YouTube less because of that. Like, I don't want them to force more ads down my throat.
1: So it's super aggressive, it's super antagonistic, and as I said before we started recording, we live in an age where we're bombarded with choice, options, we can get our content from infinite sources. So when we're overwhelmed with choice, what we're discovering in the 21st century is that the easiest thing for people to do is simply to stop, to quit. That's mm-hmm. the easily, easiest choice that you can make. You don't want, actually it turns out, you don't want infinite choices. Like as an autistic person, I could have told you this a long time ago, <laughs> but as the world at, as the world at large is discovering, you don't want that. What you want is a couple different things, right? Yeah. The and then you the want really what... Choice, I think. The yeah, you want, you want what you always want, but you want the option of not choosing it. So when you get overwhelmed with choices, what you tend to do is simply to make none at all. And what these companies are doing is that the engagement that they're driving is disengagement. And rather than understand that, understand that the alienation and disengagement that they're inducing, they're becoming even more aggressive. So they do have my data. They know what I like. They know what my interests are. They know what my tendencies are. But they're not pushing like things at me. They're pushing the opposite because, because their algorithmic model is based off of um, agitation, so they know that if they push a lot of right wing shit at me or a lot of comic gate shit at me, that they think that I'll respond to that. But I don't. I do what I do on Twitter and Facebook and everything. I just block those motherfuckers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they're like, why did you do that, Darby? Here's some more. No, I'm just going to block you. And eventually it'll get to the point where I don't watch any of it at all. And eventually it gets to things like Nebula which is every one of these content creators that we love on YouTube at some point inevitably says, come check me out on Nebula. Want to know why? Because this place is fucking trash. Mm -hmm. This place is trash and it's run people off like Lindsay Ellis. So I have been watching a lot of your man, um, uh, is FD or FB signifier? FD signifier, yeah. FD, so you sent me one of his videos. I ended up doing what I, I always do with these YouTubers. I ended up watching a lot of his stuff. So he's been wanting you to go over to Nebula because a lot of his stuff is very, um, um, how do I want to say? A lot of his stuff is, is, pre- is pretty heavy, like political discourse and things like that, That you, yeah. even words and terms that you can't say on YouTube. So he's like, that come over get here. Get
0: demonetized.
1: Get demonetized. So that's another thing with some of these folks is like, why am I putting all this effort into YouTube to, 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 to earn a living When I'm going to get demonetized because of the corporate or algorithmic whims of, you know, YouTube, which traffics and peddling shit. Yep. And forcing shit down your throat is going to demonetize you for using, you know, a certain cachet of words that we obviously we won't use here either because there's
0: no reason to. (laughs) But. Isn't it amazing? Like, I always find it really amazing when you take a step back from social media. That left wing progressive conversation, left wing progressive talk, that's the one that always gets warnings, citations, flags for removal. But alt right shit, that gets promoted. That gets uh, in everyone's face. Isn't it amazing? Don't ever believe
1: anyone when they tell you that there's a left wing bias in media. God there's no. not. there's not um the jesse gender talks all the time about the videos being uh copyright struck demonetized Mm -hmm. um for nothing for nothing meanwhile your your nazis and fascists and racists are going to town i know they're going to town because youtube thinks i want to watch this shit yep I just want to to say for the record, YouTube, I don't want to watch this shit. It tells me a lot about your company and your priorities that you think that there's anything remotely interesting about platforming Nazis. Yep. Tells me a lot. Yep. You're like, well, free speech, Darby or whatever. Um, There's free speech and then there's hate speech. And like, I know the difference because I'm educated. YouTube doesn't care because there's money in both there's money in both and that's that's the the most that's the ugliest thing about all this
0: yeah I mean that's the thing right like you can what we I hate this argument because I see it all the time and it it always ends up being in bad faith no one is talking about censorship No no one The the conversation has nothing to do with censorship you still, well, not you, Darby, but you as in the general you, you mm. still have the freedom to say whatever and post it wherever. You still have that freedom. What you don't have is the right to say what you, whatever you want without consequence. Without consequence, yeah. You don't have the right to say whatever you want and have everyone agree with you like that's not a right that's enumerated in any constitution around the world
1: the the reason that so much of the dialogue in the last 10 years in particular centered around the thing of 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 terms like cancel and platforming and censorship and things like that is because um the consequence has been taken out of the equation up until about 10 years ago there were severe consequences, and I'll just I'll keep it to the states. It's what I know the most about. Mm-hmm. There were severe consequences to saying and doing the things that people are doing today. Yeah, Donald Trump, in particular, for any pick a, one of the million things that he said or done in the last five days, prior ten years ago, would have been
0: one of those things. this enough. Yeah.
1: Right, when you, when, you, when, you, when you mock a veteran like John McCain, when you mock his injury, his sacrifice, and his duty, the fact that you're not immediately walking around the United States with a scarlet letter hung on you is deeply, deeply wrong. And there's something deeply, deeply broken with the people that think that that's okay to platform, that that's okay to support someone who says that. I don't know about the rest of you guys. I might have said this on the pod before, I don't know. But w- the where I come from, w- the way I grew up, if you made fun of veterans, you had an accident, in quotation marks, right? If you said something like that anywhere, in any public space, you had an accident.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when you have prissy people Like Donald Trump, who's the most unmasculine quote unquote man who's ever lived, mocking a Vietnam vet. A POW. Yep. I tell you that that's that you wanna yeah. That that's disgusting. That's disgusting. And that's the world we live in, is that we live in a country where not only can you say that and get away with that, you can get elected president and you can come within a heartbeat of being president again. That for me, that's deeply wrong. Like I, you know, if like if I'm related to you or I know I know you or I'm associated with you in any way, and you say something like that, or you platform someone like that, or you vote for somebody like that, you and I have a serious problem because actions and words have consequences and a consequence of you mocking a Vietnam vet who served his country and allowed for you to sit on your ass and run your mouth. A consequence of that is you and I don't talk anymore.
0: But that's the, that's the point. They're not being jailed for that speech. They're not being imprisoned. They're not um, being incarcerated. They're not, they're not even being silenced. Their speech still exists.
1: Yeah, and they, what they get turned into is victims. Because like, how dare you try to cancel me, Darby, for wiping my feet on a Vietnam vet? Fuck you, Darby. How dare you? You're trying to cancel me.
0: But that's just it. No one's trying to cancel you. Like,
1: No, we just no, don't talk anymore.
0: Your speech is still there on Twitter. It still exists.
1: Anybody and hell, who says Ellen that Elon Musk they're...
0: is going to give you a thumbs up for all that, so
1: yeah, he's going to retweet you, right? Um, no, the, no, all these people are like, "Oh, I'm canceled." Like, none of you have been canceled. Like, um, uh, FD Signifier just did a video recently about um, Dave Chappelle, and Dave Chappelle is constantly attacking trans people, and mm-hmm. he's constantly going on about cancel culture. You know who isn't canceled? Dave Chappelle. Exactly. So let's be real. he
0: still has that damn platform.
1: He still has a platform. He still has an audience. And Netflix isn't taking his down. Actually, Netflix is promoting a transphobe in the same way that Warner Brothers is promoting a transphobe in J.K. Rowling. Yeah. She hasn't been canceled. And the fact that she hasn't been canceled, but is still walking around carrying this crucifix like, oh, I've been canceled. You're coming after me. You're trying to destroy... You're trying to destroy, you know, pretty little me, you know, like, how, how dare you guys? I'm so weak and I'm so, like, no, you're a bigot. You're a monster and you haven't been canceled. Actually, this whole experience has just made you into, you've just descended into this abyss of being worse and worse and worse and worse. Every time she opens her mouth, something worse comes out. Yep. There's no canceling. What are you guys talking about? I know we're getting away from the, <laughs> the YouTube thing. But you know, no, there's none of that. I mean that's junk, that's junk yeah there's no there's no consequences for people who behave this way and that 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 leads to a culture, and this isn't just the states, this is all over the world, but that leads to a culture which has become truly disgusting in which, and which there's little value in it, and there's there's little uh, you know there's little humanity in it, and so mm-hmm. some days I. The YouTubers are quitting because of burnout and things like that. I, but for me personally, I just, I, I, I get the only reason I engage in social media is because I have to, as far as my, my books and things like that, but I just don't want to do it anymore. I, I really don't.
0: Yeah. I, for me, it's a little bit different. Um, I mentioned this to another friend actually, um, for myself, because of my work, I work in IT and education, as was said at the very start of this episode in the intro. Um, I work in IT and education, which means I feel an obligation to understand these mechanisms because I'm working with kids. And I want these mm-hmm. children to be prepared and ready for all of this crap that's coming their way. So I feel an obligation to pay attention to it, but I don't do social media at all. Like I'm not on it period. I don't use Twitter. You sent me another post on Twitter and I'm like, well, I could see the intro to it, but I can't see the rest of it cause I'm not on it. Um, I'm not on Facebook. I gave that up a long time ago. Uh, I don't have an Instagram account. Like I am completely off of social media because it, one, it never really appealed to me. I was never that type of person to broadcast my life. Like in general, I'm, I'm not. Um, but I've got a bunch of teenagers who are very interested in that life. And if they're not prepared for it, they are going to get, so, uh, to kind of complete my thought for me instead of the sentence, I'm going to tell you a little, not as a little story, but I, as a test, I created a brand new Gmail account, completely new, no algorithm, no nothing, completely fresh. Went on YouTube and within three or five videos, completely fresh. Filled with alt right Jordan Peterson Manosphere, uh, cultish indoctrination, and that's a brand new fresh account. Well, who creates brand new fresh accounts? 13 year olds, because that's the age that you can. Holy yeah. crap!
1: Yeah i i i have a lot of thoughts about all this i i i increasingly i'm increasingly turned off by it i i'm a person who just by nature i like to share but i've conditioned myself not to i found that that has really come in handy on social media um, I actually, my inclination is not to share anything about myself personally on social media. I just have developed an aversion to it.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I like to share media...
0: discriminately, not shouting out into a well, void.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just, for me, it's become about the books, which is, it feels, it probably reads to people just very half-hearted because it is, because it's, I feel like I, I, I do it because I have to do it. Mm-hmm and so it's devoid i think of personality and so it's actually not doing what it needs to be doing which is engaging people personally and giving them a sense of who i am beyond the books it's it's the what versus the why that we've talked about vis-a-vis simon sinek so in person you're getting the why from me on social media you're just really getting the what and so it's not really doing the things it probably needs to be doing but then i i i'm very little I, I have no motivation to change that regards to social media i also am just increasingly confronted by people who are just regurgitating some video or some post sure or it, it's all these talking points and like literally to the point where you're yeah. having a conversation about something and you know and and i'm like well what and I, you know, I I, I don't want to be crass. I don't want to be an asshole. I want to have a conversation because I remember, you know, the, the, in days of yore when you used to go watch a movie together and then you would talk about it. But now I'm not talking with you about it. I'm talking with a set of talking points that you that you got from the video that you just watched. And they're all this. I know that because they're the same talking points in every one of these types of videos. Mm hmm. It's not about, and you're actually talking about it before we've even seen the movie. It's not about, it's not about the movie or the experience or anything like that. It's about how the Marvels is woke garbage and all this other stuff. And you're, and I'm like, if I wanted to watch that video, I would watch that video. And so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to engage with that video and I'm not going to engage with you because you're just spouting this stuff and I'm also you're also I, I'm being in especially lately I just inundated constantly with like guys who are demanosphering all over me like all around me like constantly and like this sort of middle-aged male anxiety which is really like it's really getting to me Sugu. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to hear it I don't want to hear it like, you know, like, come on, come on, like this male grievance stuff, like, you know, um, it burns me out, so you're burnt out engaging with this media, and then you're burnt out because of its, its toxic spillover into reality, and so what it leads to me then, it's like, I just don't, I don't engage, and I don't talk about these things, and then you're like, the person on the other side of that is like, you know, well, I I don't understand why, you know, we're not talking or, 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 or whatever. And it's like, um, there's a reason, you know, like it's, I just, you know, there's a reason I just, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to hear this stuff. And I've told you that, and you, you know, I guess I have to listen to you, this stuff, but then when I say anything, you're blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, like, you know, and I'm tired of everything just being this sort of this discourse. It's like, I just want to, I just want to talk about movies and like, you know, uh, or whatever, whatever it is, but that's not the case anymore. Everybody has to have a grievance about something and, you know, um, it's really, it's really poisoned, just human interaction, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, and I just, I don't have personally, I don't have any time for guys who are middle-aged and their grievances I just don't like if you want there's something in your life that's missing or you you wanna make a change in your life or you want to get more value in your life turn off YouTube go out and get it whatever you want go out whatever it is go pursue something go learn something go whatever I don't know I don't know spend less time on YouTube
0: I have so many uh, thoughts. I do too. I just what, edited what just all that shit. Um, one, one thing, like, you, you use the, the completely apropos word, which is regurgitate. They, these people, and I've gotten into these conversations as well, even here in Japan, and I'm like, what the hell are you doing in Japan regurgitating this crap? Because, like, our world is not like is not like American right now. So what the hell? But like, they like, because I've watched a couple of them, I can finish their argument for them. And there's no critical analysis, right? Because, well, because you know that. So they literally are regurgitating. It goes in their ear and out their mouth, like almost carbon copy because when you ask them any question about their own beliefs they can't answer it's they like, can't answer because it it's
1: not it's not actual thinking it's not actual like logical thought it's just i heard this and now i'm going to repeat it and so it's a cul-de-sac right intellectually there's there's no like oh i've thought about this like you could say something right now and i could be like no that's bullshit but then we keep talking about it you keep explaining it and you could change my mind they're they're just spitting out what they heard without any thought and sometimes they're process. they're
0: just they're lying to prove their point. They're saying whatever sure. just to prove yes. the point.
1: That's happened to me. Yeah.
0: Right? And like for me, when I watch a video on YouTube or Nebula, uh, or hell, even if I read some article and it brings up a point that I've never considered or brings up something that I don't agree with, my reaction Actually, no, let let me flip it to make it a little bit more even, because I do this even with videos that are interesting. When people bring up videos that I do agree with, I still do additional research on those topics to make sure that it's true, to make sure that it's accurate. I don't just regurgitate. I will cross check against other things in my arsenal. Unfortunately, the right-wing media sphere is all basically one source that is then propagated out to a lot of different sub sources. But you can always kind of trace it back, right?
1: Sure. I you know I I feel like I hear like I said I hear the same things over and over and over again. That's why you can finish the
0: argument for them.
1: Yeah, and I can anticipate them too. And it's like it's like every movie you go to these days. It's like always starts with some version of like, well. I, I know she's gonna replace X. I know Natalie Portman is gonna replace Crimson's worth as Thor. I know Phoebe Waller Bridge is gonna replace Indiana Jones unless Indiana Jones movie and I, this is before the movie even comes out. I was like, that's not what's happening. Natalie Portman isn't gonna take over Thor. I know that because Natalie Portman's pretty on the record about like I don't wanna do this shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you talking about? It's just this male replacement stuff and that, that, that frankly creeps me out that you're sitting around thinking about like, you know, like any of this, like that your, your anxiety and life is Natalie Portman replacing Chris Hemsworth. That's your anxiety. So like, are you
0: fucking with me? This brings up another thing that I was, uh, I wanted to bring up and I completely forgot, which is, um, Barbie. <laughs> Before yeah. Barbie was released, uh, the Manosphere was going absolutely AWOL and absolutely apeshit about it's woke, it's a feminist movie, it's pink, it's Barbie, and whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Then the movie came out and it was released. and it, Sorry, the movie came out and it made a ton of money and it was really quite successful. Manosphere can't be saying that anymore because it it isn't apparently it isn't like anything that you would stereotypically think spoilers or spoiler alert. I still have not seen this movie. It's on my list. I will eventually see it, but I haven't yet. Uh, but anyway, yeah,
1: the highest grossing film of all time, huh? 11th highest grossing film of all time. Yeah.
0: So they can't say uh, any of that anymore that it go woke, go broke or anything. They can't, Say a platitude because it doesn't fit anymore. So they quietly changed the narrative about Barbie that it's—I uh, forget—they it was basically they're starting to say the exact opposite um, to so, again fit their narrative. So like fuck off. Exactly,
1: exactly. I, I you know it it also doesn't serve your narrative for you, the Jordan Petersons of the world, to go see the Barbie on day one on opening night. So which is what he did. And I know that because motherfuckers were talking about it and everything. And like to give you a quick antidote, I know we're, I I don't know if we're a, a field from where we started or not, but like <laughs> so the big the big thing here, you know, the, of twenty and really around the world for the most part was Barbenheimer, which was the 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 weird confluence of the fact that Barbie and Oppenheimer came out on the same day. And so what a lot of people did that turned into a fad, which made both movies ridiculously successful, is they went to see them together. Because these are about the most different movies you could possibly imagine. Right. But it became this weird thing. And so I wanted to do that. So this is back in July. And I wanted to see both. And so I was telling the crew that I usually see, the, they, you know, most of the crew very psyched to see Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan movie. I'm not really excited to see Barbie, but I was like, all right, let's just see, but it'd be fun. We'll go see Oppenheimer. We'll then, we'll, we'll go, we'll have a couple of drinks. We'll discuss Oppenheimer. We'll get a little bit of a buzz and then we'll go see Barbie. And I guarantee you, Barbie will be an absolute thrill, right? I guarantee it. But that conversation didn't go anywhere because it descended into like wokeness and things like that. And no, I'm not gonna. I don't. I'm not gonna see Barbie. And the, this movie's gonna bomb anyway, because Oppenheimer, what, whatever. And I'm like, and I, and this is where it really went off the rails. I said Barbie's gonna be the biggest movie of the year, and they're like, what are you talking about? So we go to see, we go to see Oppenheimer. You know which movie has a line? Barbie. Barbie. And I said for real. I said B- Barbie's gonna be like Avengers. It's gonna make like five hundred million dollars, and they're like, you're fucking nuts. I know it is because the only movies that get lines in 2023 out the fucking door are movies like that. Right. Because there aren't any lines anymore because you could buy your tickets in advance. So when there are lines out the door on opening night, it's because people have to fucking see that movie immediately. And that turns into what happened with Barbie. Barbie made, I think, $600 million here in the States. It's 11 highest grossing movie of all time. It destroyed Oppenheimer in terms of the box office and things. Oppenheimer did just fine. I think Oppenheimer ended up making a billion dollars worldwide. Um. But they didn't want to see it, so we didn't we didn't do Barbenheimer. But, but it was something as simple as that. It's something I thought would be fucking funny that 10 years ago would have they you know people would have been like sure we'll go see, you know whatever Barbie yeah. will have a gas. Barbie's a great movie to go ha- have fun with, because especially if you if you have a buzz. But, like, you know, it's a
0: great movie. Uh, it's fun. Um, By the way, we do have an episode on Barbie that we did, like, several years ago. So uh, check that out, dude. We do,
1: yeah. Check that out. Um, but... It, it, it's it's those kinds of things you, you know and if you don't want to see barbie you don't want to see barbie i can very easily see how someone could be like you know like why you know why would i want to go see a movie about barbie because you have a, a maybe a preconception about the doll and the toys and things like that that the movie is sort of you know playing with and not but
0: or hell maybe you're just not into that style of movie that genre like and that you don't fine. have to watch everything you don't have to like everything
1: yeah, if you if you're not into it, that that's perfectly fine. The same way as like someone's not into Oppenheimer, that's fine. Someone's not and into Marvel,
0: th- like that's totally fine.
1: It doesn't matter, but the, that's not the conversation. The conversation is as well, this is woke trash, and this is a movie you have, and it's going to bomb, and everything like that, and you know, um, all the, you know, the same conversation have with every to the point where like you know, I just I don't really there's really not a lot of going to the movies with the crew anymore to mm-hmm. be completely honest, because it's, it's taken, it's taken the joy out of it. Sure. It's taken the joy out of it. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Cause I, like, I don't know. I, I remember I, a long time ago, people were watching movies less about the analysis, or at least I was, I was interacting with people more with, people who did not want to analyze a movie or did not want to pick apart a movie. They just wanted to watch it and be entertained. I just
1: want to be entertained. I just want to go have a good time.
0: I just just want to have fun. Shut off
1: my brain. I want to have fun because the movie was good or I want to have fun trashing it because it was bad. Either way, I just, and I, you know, in this thing and like, I couldn't even, I, this has really become a pain point for me, honestly, because like, I can't talk about anything anymore because I get sent a lot of videos. And then when you're hanging out with people and it used to be you talk Star Wars, talk little rings. And now it's just we're talking about rings of power last year at Christmas. And, and uh, there's a lot of people that were angry with that show for reasons that like all these woke reasons. And I'm like, I don't know. Hey, I don't know what you're talking about, you know. And like and this is no longer fun. This is no longer fun. It's like, you know. I'm not intimidated by women. I don't know why you are. And that's really what you're telling me. This isn't to do anything. This tells me that you're just intimidated by women. You know, you're a big, strong guy who's intimidated by women. Um, that That's a you thing. Unfortunately, it's become a, a societal thing because all you guys are just fucking screaming about it. All that you're screaming about it. Mm. Like, yeah, that's masculine. All the screaming. So, I can't stand it. It creeps me out. Um, leads to, like I said, disengagement. Disengagement, not just from YouTube, but just real life interactions. And you know, and I think everybody's burnt out by it. Because then you'll get people who are like, "Well, I, you know, I don't know, you know, why we didn't we we're not talking about this." And it's like, "Well, you poisoned the well." <laughs> you know. So it's, yeah, it makes me very tired. I, you know, I get tired super easy, um, of all of it. And I just don't, I just don't want to do it. And then like, you know, the worst part of all of this is that, um, it's just very easy to disappear. And so, you know, um, um, I don't like that personally, like, you know, like the worst part of like Twitter, it's like I, 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 a lot of my friends and colleagues have left Twitter. I I understand why, um, um, but it makes it very lonely. Sure. And so, and then when you combine that, what, what I was saying earlier about where, you know, sort of my engagement is just the books and it's just, it's just very, it's joyless. I, I just, I'm not...
0: Now, to be fair, though, they have left Twitter for is it Mastodon or Blue Sky or Mastodon. It's
1: it's Blue Sky. It's Threads. It's it's different things. And then, you know, but all of these platforms, all these companies we're talking about, they they all have their own individual problems. Everybody's like Threads is like the best thing. Go on to Threads and then Threads immediately descends into the same
0: isn't Threads called isn't Threads Facebook.
1: Yeah, it's owned by Facebook and Instagram or Meta or whatever the fuck they call it. Um, so Threads that is fine. Have the same
0: problem. But Mastodon is uh, federated, isn't it? And Blue Sky is. What? Uh,
1: th- Threads has the same problem as Twitter now. Um, the Mastodon I don't know anything about in the sense I don't use it. I'm I'm on Blue Sky. Um, it it's I just don't have the the bandwidth to do all of these. Yeah. And sure. so Twitter, Twitter is the one of all the social media, uh, the, the platforms is the one I'm most, uh, I find the, the most useful and I've had the most fun with over the years. I've been on Twitter since 2011. So a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's utterly joyless and it's very easy to, to quit. And I know people who have, and um, you know, um, and so it's like, it's a daily battle, frankly to stay engaged and to try to, you know, um, and that just goes into a lot of stuff in terms of like the books and promotion, things like that, which I just don't naturally like. And I'm not, you know, so like, it's just, there, there are days where you just, you, you the, the thought circle, it just goes from like, not wanting to do social media to not wanting to do the promotion to not wanting to do any of it at all. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and it used, to, you know, To be completely honest, I, you know, I've never, ever considered writing, but I don't think this past, I don't know, six months or so, um, I don't think I've, there's not a day that goes by where I don't think about quitting the whole thing.
0: Quitting the Um, whole social media thing.
1: All of it. All of it. I just, I just don't, um, yeah. And I, I, that, that has to do with a lot of things that, you know, um, but, but part, a big part of it is the is the, this whole thing, you know. I'm never going to be a person who's going to get maximum engagement and all these things that these successful YouTubers and Twitter people and all the, all of that. So that's not me. So then, then it's like like I was saying earlier. So. I'm not getting the response. I'm not getting the engagement then I, the, you know, cause I'm leading with what instead of why. So why am I doing any of it at all? And then you have a bad day because someone tags you in a negative review and you're like, why, why am I on this at all?
0: Why am I doing any of it? I don't know why I'm doing any of it. So that is something that I was kind of wondering as I was watching all these quitting YouTube videos is there is a sector of the internet, which anyone who gets any bit of notoriety attracts a hell of a lot of toxic people who are just overloading the bandwidth channels just to kind of like be a menace to everyone. So I wonder like, of course the professional YouTubers are never ever going to say I quit because you guys are bullying me. But I wonder if there they might be getting it. I I read several criticisms on Matt Pat, oh, yeah. for example, like, oh, his theories are bad and that kind of stuff. I wonder if or actually worse, because his theories are bad is not that big of a deal, but um
1: they are getting it. Um Rick Beato referenced this in his video. Um he seems to be very, you know, it sort of rolls off of him. Um, but
0: ten years of that. I wonder Well, it just adds up because
1: like you could be having a great day. Like, you know, you, you can, there's no middle ground. Like just speaking for myself, I being, being a creator, independent author, there's no middle ground. You either, you either get reviews where a person recently said that, that I was a poet, that I was a master of the language. And you're like, you know, you, you've known me forever, so you you can imagine what's happening in my head as this, <laughs> I'm reading this. And then you get things like, "Well, he's just peddling woke garbage." He wrote this to he wrote this because this is what, um, this is what sells. But also in the same breath, go woke, go broke. Anyway, we won't we won't dissect that yeah too much. But but there's no middle ground. There's no middle of, of just saying like, well, you know, Darby's just a good writer. It's either you get this ridiculous contact high from the fact that that you're, you've gotten a really generous review that's really kind, or you're trash. Mm-hmm. And so what that does to your mental health is if you're dealing with anything else, other stresses in life, which of course you are, then you know. the The higher the highs, the lower the lows. I don't do I don't do very well with it. I I I need some sort of equilibrium. Um, As far as that stuff goes but the the you know um and i've heard from other writers who've told me uh, authors and friends who've told me that just not to engage any of it you shouldn't be reading any of those reviews darby you shouldn't be i should never read the review that says you know he's a poet um the same as i shouldn't read the other ones and i mean i i understand their point um you know but um it's just hard to avoid. It's hard to avoid the comments. It's hard to avoid the, the tweets and the tags and all that other stuff. And then when you're a YouTuber of a, a colossal scale and you have hundreds, thousands of people, you know, in the comments and things like that. Yeah, sure. Or they're tagging you all the time in social media. You know, um, you know, Mary gets constantly tagged all the time with people asking her questions about really personal shit you know, I, they all get it. You know.
0: Um, yeah, there's anyway. there's two YouTubers that I that I want to bring up right now. This is not a 2024 discussion. This is 2023. Um, but last year, Bobby Skullface made a decision that he was gonna be not off of YouTube, but definitely scale back his YouTube engagement. Um. And his wife made a point, which I actually took to heart and I made it my new year's resolution as well for, uh, for 2023. Uh, she made a point of saying, why, why put good energy into something that you won't get that good energy back? Great point. I was like, you know what? You're right. Absolutely right. So I nixed out a lot of stuff in 2023 that was giving me bad energy. It was like I don't need to put any energy into it. So but Bobby Skullface also agreed and he was pretty much he decided to scale back YouTube to his yeah. comfort level of engagement and put everything else onto his Patreon, which he said he gets more value out of anyway, like the the feedback, the all that. Great, fantastic.
1: Yep. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into that, you yeah. know. Right.
0: The other one that I want to bring up is Sexy Cyborg. Do you know who this person is? No. Uh-uh. Okay. So Sexy Cyborg is a Chinese national. Uh, she also goes by the name. I don't know if it's her real name. To be fair, uh, her name is Naomi Wu, and her handle is Sexy Cyborg. She is. Uh, Or she was a really big uh, makerspace YouTuber. So she did a lot of like 3D printing and uh, hobby space making stuff, drones. She did a lot of like bleeding edge technology plus makerspace. So she would design her own stuff. Really cool tech projects. Yeah. But she, in July, she suddenly came out with a Twitter post. uh, I'm off of Twitter from now on. Mm. Like, just kind of out of nowhere. Digging into it a little bit more, um, she's been silenced by the Chinese government, apparently. Mm. So she had made some time, like maybe two years prior or something like that, she made a review about some company in China about one of their products. It was less than stellar. Well, the government eventually came along and said, you can't say this. Uh, If you say it, something will happen. Now, admittedly, that part is conjecture on my part. Something will happen and she'll be silenced. What she did say is that after that talk, she made some sort of post about her disappearance and whether she would be noticed or not. And unfortunately, around the world, people didn't respond. So she took it to mean that the Chinese government was correct, that if she does disappear, no one would miss her. So she decided to save her own life, to save her own well-being, and she voluntarily removed herself off of Twitter, off of YouTube, so that at least she and her partner can still live. Mm. That is censorship. That is being silenced. Not consequences of your speech, like someone doesn't like you.
1: Yeah. Um,. Yeah, that there, you know, there's really people who live in very difficult circumstances who face real challenges, uh, hardships when it comes to things like speech. And in this country, we scream about it, even though we have this creep in our country as well, where there's an attack on speech that's coming from the same sector in which this, you know, this, this canceled crybaby stuff is coming from. Um it's it's very that's you know that's awful um you know yeah i i yeah i don't know it's it it's i don't know we're living in a really uh difficult moment and you know you, you should have the freedom to say what you want understanding that that comes with consequence um and then you know you should be free to 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 disengage from this stuff and to you know um you know um to just not to not to do it And, and and not and not to have to spend some aspect of every single day of your life like just dealing with you know just like shaking your head at like you know the the these little uh potholes of you know like i said uh grievances that you're just confronted by all the time i just i i just i can't i can't do it especially you know like when you have legitimate you know concerns that uh, you know in your own life and you want to share those with people because like you you want somebody to lean on and they're just not there because um they're too busy for, you know, the sixth, seventh, eighth year going on about how, you know, the world, the, the deck is stacked against them because they're just a, a guy. <laughs> you
0: know, I don't know. <laughs> because they're just a guy. They're just uh, a guy. Yeah. I mean, you
1: know, and it's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I really don't. So, you know... um, Anyway, I you know, I probably
0: Yeah, final probably
1: thought. I probably repeat myself on this stuff, so I don't mean to um uh, you're fine. you know, I you know, um I understand the burnout. I worry about it a lot. Um um it is um the the more you do, the more you do you just have to be careful. You have to be mindful of your health, mental and physical, and emotional, and um, um, yeah, and be mindful of others. I think that that's what I would say. It's like if you, wherever you are on any spectrum in terms of the discourse or anything like that, it's like just be mindful of others. Like people just the, you know people just start talking to you and they don't have any consideration of you. As a person, it's like here, here's, here's, here's my talking points, here's my grievances, and 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 everything like that. And I, I you know, it, just be be mindful of other people. And then that con- the consequence of that is is if you're someone like me, so I'm mindful of other people, and I want to hear you out, and and I care about what you're saying. But when we're in, into years six, seven, and eight, I get it. I get it.
0: All right. So, yeah. uh, my final thought: I wish the YouTubers that I quit very well. I wish them all the success. Um, yeah. I. I would say pay attention to mental health. Don't disregard it. And take care of your take care of your house, get your house in order and. If YouTube is not part of your house anymore, nix it. Life will go on. Yeah, I wish them all the best.
1: That'll do it for today, folks. Thanks again for joining us. Once again, I'm Darby Harn, and you can find more information about me and my books at my website, DarbyHarn.com. I'm also on Twitter, at Darby Harn. Sugu, how can they find out more about us in the podcast?
0: You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can reach us at our email address, shelfwarmers at gmail.com. Send us feedback about the show, your thoughts, opinions, recommendations, and insights on our perspectives. We're always happy to hear from you, our audience, and we'd love to share your opinions on our next show. Again, that's shelfwarmers at gmail.com. And if email isn't your thing, we're also on Twitter. You can reach us at shelfwarmers. Give us a holler. We have new episodes every Friday. As always, remember to stay safe, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and get vaccinated when you can. Stick around to listen to a free clip of more content from us. Subscribe today and you can hear the rest of the following and more. Bye-bye.